We're back in the book of Ruth today as we take a look at the riches of grace shown to the redeemed. Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard coming up next. Our God is a God who orchestrates and ordains our steps so that he might express the riches of his grace to us, his redeemed. Welcome to Truth For Today. The Romance of Redemption is the title of our series. We're currently in the book of Ruth. It's a marvelous look at God's deep love for us. A physical illustration in the life of Ruth and Boaz, if you will giving us a glimpse at the greater romance that goes on between Christ and his church. For more with this edition of Truth For Today Now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. She was young. Boaz is getting older and has not married. Uh, I don't know why he's never married, but who knows? He might be thinking his time's running out. Anything will do. Uh, she had a reputation for her loyal love. Her reputation preceded her. At least she loved Naomi. And he may have known she had accepted the God of Israel. I'm not sure. But to make her as devoted as she was to Naomi, she had to be of a special loyal character. And then, a woman of faith. I thought of this... Uh, what in the world do you have going for you for God to have grace on you? What, what can you uh, come to God with and say, uh, please show grace and mercy on me, and I'll tell you why I deserve it. Good looking, loyal. No, 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 no. The story of God's grace with us by comparison is we had nothing to commend us to God. Our best deeds were like filthy garments. Uh, we were Jews and Gentiles lost because we preferred to do our own way other than God's. We were rebels. We were not loyal. We were lawbreakers. We were ungodly, unlikely, and unworthy. We had broken families, broken relationships. And the only thing I know that made us ever get grace is the kindness of God without merit in us. I don't know why God saved you over your neighbor, over your brother, over your sister. sister. There's a lot of people. The only Christian in their family was them. My wife was one. Her father was the son of a preacher. Never know him to come to faith. Her mother, I don't know. Her brother may have professed faith was here, we're hoping. But there's a lot of you that came from backgrounds where you're the only believer in your family. Why you? What did you bring to the table that was so special? What merit did you bring? You did fewer sins? You weren't as bad? Well, we were all bad in the sight of God. There was none righteous, no, not one. 
none who understood God, none who sought God. You didn't get, become a believer because you sought him. He sought you. Sheep don't seek the shepherd. Shepherds seek the sheep. Why did he want you? Why did you find grace? It is a mystery so deep that uh, I cannot give you the answer. Why you? Why you? Sometimes I wonder how any of us got it when I know how blasted Henri we can act even when we know him. It's amazing how much goofing up you can do and still call him father. You don't know any Christians that have messed up their life, do you? I mean, they've told, don't marry an unbeliever. No, huh? well, I'll get right with God after I marry. They get right with God, hopefully, but they lost everything. You see, we're in total contrast. I have no merit to ever get the attention of my kinsman redeemer, Jesus. There was no merit. Don't try it until you see yourself as unworthy. But she did go to town and she said, I'm not going where I can find merit. I'm going where I can find grace. I need grace. She, she knew that. She was vulnerable. And then... Uh, I just have to share something that's so beautiful. Uh, her future is all wrapped up in verse 12. And I want to show you a marvelous parallel. Notice verse 12. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now look at chapter 3. And verse 9, chapter 3, verse 9, he said, who are you? This is when she meets him out at the threshing floor in the evening. And he, he's fallen asleep, and he wakes up startled, and there she is. And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. What does your Bible say? Does it say, spread your garment? Same Hebrew word for wings as garment. And it means the corners of your garment, the borders of a garment. Same Hebrew word. It's used in Numbers 15 of the borders, the hem of your garment. You shall sew blue on the borders of your garment to remind you to follow my law and not your heart. Same word. And so what he's really saying is what he prayed for her. She's over here in chapter 3. He said, spread your wings over me. Spread your garment over me so that it means I'm coming under your protection. It's a beautiful picture of God that when you come to Jesus Christ, what's happening is you're coming under the wings of God. And wings is a symbol that stands for God's power, God's protection, God's provision. Let me give you, walk you through the Bible on it. Exodus 19, he says to Israel, I bore you on eagles' wings out of Egypt. And Deuteronomy 32 said, and there was no other God involved, I alone, got you out of Pharaoh's house and got you out of slavery. It was my power that liberated and delivered you. Israel, I bore you on my wings 
You didn't get out of Egypt by keeping the law. You didn't get out of Egypt by promising to be good. I delivered you in my power, and it's just like I flew you out, and I brought you into a land. You see, he's using his deliverance in the name of the wings of a mighty bird. I flew you out. He gets to the Psalms. And let me just give you some Psalms. Just uh, 17.8. Listen to this. Hide me in the shadow of your wing. Psalms 36.7. How precious is your loving kindness. Children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wing. 57.1. Be gracious. My soul takes refuge in the shadow of your wing. 61.4. Let me dwell in your tent forever. I will take refuge until destruction is past. 91.4. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. The same word used in chapter 3 that he throws his garment, the border of it, over this widowed Moabite girl. It's the word to come under divine protection. And one of the great things we've got to realize in our salvation, what you really got in on when you receive Christ, the Redeemer, when you receive Christ, it's as though he's thrown over you his protection. He's thrown over you his covering, and under his covering, you've come under his power, you've come under his protection, and you've come under his provision. I'll take care of you. That's exactly what will happen in chapter 3. So I titled this chapter, The Riches of Grace. A woman who had no merit, really, didn't have a chance in a thousand of getting the attention of the most handsome, wealthiest man in Bethlehem. How could she ever find favor in this guy's eyes? He can hire more servants than she could ever match. The providential plan of God was bringing her under his wing to protect her, to provide for her. I'm reminded of Isaiah 40 when he said, when you can't run anymore and when you can't walk anymore, if you wait on me, I'll give you all the power you need. For by waiting, you shall mount up with wings as an eagle and you shall fly like an eagle. The source of power for the church is waiting on God. Sometimes I think you think as pastors and preachers, when we don't have anything else to do, we like to beat you up over prayer. You're not praying enough. No, no. No, here's the big concern. I don't have the power to quit the habit. I don't have the power to get over my temper. I don't have the power. Do you have enough time to wait on God for him to infuse his strength in you? I love Philippians 4, 9, 13. I can do all things through Christ who infuses, infuses his strength, his power in me. God is a mighty, mighty eagle. That was the emblem of Babylon and many of the Gentile countries around Israel was the mighty eagle with his wings out, 
Who has a chance against this mighty bird of the air? And God says, my people shall mount up with wings as an eagle. My people shall run to me, and I shall be their refuge from the judgment of God, their protection against their enemies. God is a hiding place for his people. When you read Revelation 6, men and women run for the rocks and the mountains to hide them from the wrath that is coming on the earth. Read it in Revelation 6. They're in the caves. They're in the hiding places of the mountains. Hide us. Hide us from the wrath of the Lamb and of God. They don't have a hiding place. The best they can do is a cave, and God can find you in a cave. Judgment can reach to a cave. Judgment can reach a fallout shelter. You can't hide when God decides to judge. No hiding place. We used to sing a song, Sinner Man, where are you going to run to? Sinner Man, where are you going to run? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to run when Jesus comes? You'll run to the mountains, but they won't hide you. Sinner man, where are you going to run? Jesus said moving words. At the end of his ministry, he knows he's only got one more chapter in Matthew to go, and he's going to tell you what the end times are going to look like. Chapter 25, he'll tell you the parables of the ten virgins, and on chapter 6, he goes to trial. But he says in chapter 23, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you about me as a mother hen gathers her chicks. I wanted to protect you. I wanted to protect you. But you would not. You would not come. And now I see judgment is coming. Woe is coming upon you, city of Jerusalem, and the day will come you will say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God's wings had flown into town. And Malachi said that. The Son of Righteousness shall come. And Elijah in John the Baptist shall announce his arrival, and he will fly in town with healing in his wings, and he's inviting you as a nation. O Israel, get under my wings. Uh, 70 A.D. is coming. Titus is going to slaughter you. Titus is going to kill your babies. Titus is going to plow the city under. You'll rebel again in 88 A.D. I'm going to do it again. You need to get under my wings. That's the only place you can be hid from the wrath to come. And I think what we ought to be yelling to this generation, wrath is coming. It's in vogue now for everybody to say America is in decline. Well, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure that out. When you throw him out of uh, politics, when you throw him out of school, when you buy all of the legislation that is anti-God, anti-Bible, God's going to have to apologize to Sodom if he doesn't judge us. We will be judged. And we might be being judged when we've got a nation that can't employ its own and we're getting broker by the day. Judgment has already started. There's only one place you can find refuge. There's a greater judgment coming. It's called the day of the Lord. When God visits this earth and pours out his unmitigated wrath and men stagger beneath the judgment of God, where will you flee? 
flee to the Lamb of God, oh John said, that you might escape the wrath of God. I'm amazing, amazed at how much anemic preaching is going on. It's the fluff hour. You don't hear sin, you don't hear the cross, and you don't hear hell and judgment, and we're just lying through our teeth. We're doing like the prophets in Isaiah's day, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. There's only peace when you get beneath the wings of Christ, our God. This little gal, her only hope for any future, for any posterity, to even eat, all of hers was physical. She has no clue of the plan that's being worked out. She has no clue that she's going to be the great-grandmother of the greatest king Israel ever had. She has not a clue. But she is finding grace. And I say to you, the only place you'll find grace is by fleeing to Christ. He's the source of all of God's grace. And in Christ, you come under divine protection. You come under the power of God. And everything that can damn you, everything that can ruin you, is abated by the shadowing covering of Jesus Christ. He is our atonement. He is our covering. And so, in a book that is a mere signpost, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming, and it's acted out in cameo fashion, four little chapters, but all in there is a picture of the coming Redeemer called Jesus. Did you know why I went to the book of Ruth? Redemption is often made no more than a financial deal. I want to redeem something. I'll give you 20 bucks. You give me the product. I just redeemed it. But we weren't redeemed with silver and gold. We were redeemed by the life of the Redeemer. And you know why the Redeemer laid it down? I, I, don't ask me to explain this. Don't ask me. He literally loves you. He wants a bride, and he knows he's got to make a bride up from the poor, the sinful, the unworthy, the no merit, nothing, nothing. And in this wedding, he pays for the wedding dress. He pays to get the bride pretty. He pays for the hairdo. He pays for the maid. He pays that for, he says in Ephesians, I will wash her and make her clean. I'll have a beautiful church, a beautiful bride without spot or wrinkle, and I paid the fee to make you my own. Whether you know it or not, our Redeemer didn't just go to the bank to purchase us. He went to the wedding altar. He loves us. That's why he saved us. Why? Make up your list, and none of it will be enough merit to make him really love you. It was all because of him. It's all in him. There's something about love that is strange. Some men love some women that I call it a present-day miracle. Have you ever seen a couple and you say, I couldn't live with her for three minutes. And, and, then, and then you go out with a guy, she's such a wonderful wife. She's a, and, and they said, don't you think so, Pastor? Isn't God good, brother? Isn't he wonderful? Pastor, I said, don't you think, wouldn't you like that? Sir, could we go on? Let's study the book of Revelation. 
because you don't know how he picked that or how she picked that. You know why? We don't love her like he does. Marriage is an institution and love is blind. So it's an institution for the blind. <laughs> so, you know, you can't, you can't get over and to say in 1 Corinthians, many ungodly, and such were some of you. You were this and that, not noble birth, not this. You were nothings, nobodies, but he made a people out of you that no one would boast in his presence. And I want to say this. I'm so glad God saw a way to save Gentiles. I love my Jewish brethren. I spent two days with them this week. But to see, sometimes people say, well, do uh, that mean my loved one's perishing? Well, let me tell you, friend, all of my ancestry perished all the way from Genesis 4 to the cross. And none of my family ever came to know the Savior until the 1800s. So that means all the background of the Howards, the Yunts, the Meeks, Germans, English, and Irish, and a Cherokee they picked up in Oklahoma, one squaw that a Howard man married. None of them back there knew God. None of them. For centuries, there was no hope for my family until the kinsman redeemer came and he included us. And so we will sit down with Jews and Gentiles at the Mary Supper of the Lamb and say, Yeshua got a seat for us at the Messianic feast. We can sit at his table and we can go with everybody up to Jerusalem and say, this is our king too. This is our savior too. No one has ever loved you more than Jesus. He found out a way to buy you back and we'll continue to look at that. Our Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that with no merit of our own to ever be selected by Jesus, you found a way. Love always finds a way. We thank you for our great salvation in Jesus. We bless your name. Let us forever be grateful. Forever be grateful like for our ushers to come. And uh, we fell off $14,000 last week, so pray, give as the Lord has blessed you, and uh, reach forward and take your neighbor's wallet and give like you've always wanted. So uh, anyway, we, when you drop 14000 a week, we want you to know that. Don't fall down on your giving. God's been blessing. We've been breaking even our first time in years. But uh, we just need your help. Continue to give as God directs you. Our Father, you are the God of all supply. I pray that you'll continue to supply the financial needs of this church. Our greater need is for you, you, you. Under your wings, we find provision and protection. We ask supply according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And the church said, Amen. The story of Ruth, God's way of illustrating his love for us through his son, Jesus Christ, and what we call the gospel. 
This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. As we close out our broadcast, we would leave you with all of our contact information and a few reasons why you might want to contact us. First off, our phone number is 855-833-9864. Let me give that to you one more time. 855-833-9864. Our web address is valleybible.org. And here's why you might want to get a hold of us. Throughout the month of August, we're actually offering this entire series out of the book of Ruth as a way of saying thanks for partnering with us financially. As you send along a gift of any amount, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large, we'll say thank you by sending you this entire series called The Romance of Redemption out of the Book of Ruth. Again, our way of saying thank you for partnering with us. We are a listener-supported ministry here on KFAX, which means we're able to continue the ministry as you link arms with us financially, partnering with us, becoming a TFT sustainer. Now, as you do, not only will you receive our gift for you here in the month of August, but you'll also receive our quarterly newsletter, our once-a-year special gift, and access to Take a Break. It's our weekly video devotional with Pastor Phil. Again, it's all for becoming a TFT sustainer on a regular basis. And you can find out more at our website, valleybible.org, or by calling 855-833-833. 9864. You can also write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, and we look forward to when we can do it again as we mutually encourage one another in Christ here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Mm -hmm.